Anderson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic, great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donnie Wurzlaw. Got it out to a oh. kick, kicks Lovett, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a play. The premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. To go on in that area as well. Heroes and villains, as always. We're always doing heroes and villains. And of course, we're going to turn our attention this Saturday. The West Coast Eagles will play St Kilda. We'll talk about that towards the back end of the show as well. I'm your host, Honey Badger 35. I'm joined this week by Keys and only Keys. How are you, mate? Keys, yeah, feeling a bit lonely without Mig, but uh, yeah, well, we'll uh, get through it. Without his waffle, we might be able to get through a bit quicker. We'll get through it on time for a change. No, it's um, it's nice. It's roomy in here. There's a lot of space. We've got. Of, you can see the background. You can see more of the wall behind me as well. Might even get a glimpse of the Dom Sheed uh, illustration up above me, but maybe maybe not. We'll, I'll move the camera around at the end, have a little look. But anyway, Keys, I mean, you and I spent a portion of the weekend somewhat together. We did the commentary, of course, over the, uh, over the course of the Adelaide That's game. Right. Very fun doing that. And, I mean, we'll get into the game in a minute, but all in all, it's always a little bit more positive after the Eagles have a win. So how's your week been? Pretty solid so far? Yeah, so... They work with a um, they do, um, you walk a little, yeah, you're just that little bit happier, you know, for the time being at least, anyway. So you can, uh, you, and so happened the weeks before and just go, well, okay, we won. So, yeah, better with a win than a loss, absolutely. Uh, now, we've got our first comments coming through. Not an area I thought we'd get comments about, but nonetheless, Sal wants to know, where's Sanchez? Where's Mix? Uh, he had to go back to his home planet, so uh, hopefully we'll get him back for next week, but uh, his, uh, his home planet needed him at the moment. Uh, but follow Sal's lead. Jump in the comments, share the show, tag a mate, send it around, get as many Eagles fans as you can with the eyes on this because uh, you can have your say. Ask us questions as we're going, and we'll try and uh, bounce sort of bounce back and forward off them as well. But... All in all, guys, yeah, get involved, share the show. We'd love to see you in the comments section as well. And uh, we'll talk to your comments all throughout the show. Keys, let's get on with it. Let's talk about the footy. And as we mentioned, it was the Eagles returning to the winner's list. West Coast Eagles, 14 goals, 14-98. Defeated the Adelaide Crows, 8-8-56. Nice and symmetrical on the scoreboard there, Keys. Uh, a slow start, no goals for West Coast at quarter time. I think three or four to, to half time. You know, they're on 30 points at half time. What did they kick? Four, six to half time. Second yeah. half, though, that was the story. Buried them. We finally saw some quote unquote West Coast Eagles footy. It really started to turn over and they started to put the score on the board as well. So, 42 point winners in the end. How did you see that one? Yeah, it was um, probably pretty frustrating first half, I thought. The sort of green shoots were there. The effort was up. Um, we're winning the ball. We're winning the territory. Now, this is one where I need people in the comments to jump in. Sorry. I'm not sure, Keys, if I'm losing you or if we're all losing you or if you've got me or anything. We might have a bit of a, a tech issue here. Uh, 
nonetheless, we've got yeah. somebody jumping in the comments. Yeah. About to take the dog for a walk. He's going to have to wait. Looking forward to the show. I appreciate that. You can uh, chuck the headphones in and have a listen as well. Keys is cut out apparently, so uh, that's good. That's a promising start to the two man yeah. show. It's dementia, says Rod. I think that's a little bit cruel, but uh, we'll see how we go with this one. Uh, we're losing keys yet. Sorry, mate. It seems you like we're me? losing you. We got you now. Look yeah. at this. We're back. We're back. I don't yeah. know what that was about, but technical issues, live show. You love to see it. Proves that we're live. Anyway, the Crows game. Yeah, so uh, I'm not sure how much you heard of what I said, but, um, yeah, I saw we we, we built um, sort of stayed in the game. I think our defence was pretty good in the first half. Um and I think that's what we sort of built our game on. We look better. We look structured better down back. I thought McGovern seemed to be playing a bit more accountable role on Walker um, and allowed Hearn to sort of play not so much as spare man in defence, but certainly a, a looser guy. He sort of intercepted. Mm. And then I think in the second half, he sort of started to move further up the ground and get the ball through the midfield a bit and allowed us to get deeper forward entries and, uh, continue to win all of the midfield. Uh, I think the centre clearances were um, a pretty big positive for us, and we and we got on the scoreboard in that third quarter. Yeah, you pointed out on the call as well about about Hearn moving forward, and obviously he had a fantastic game. Started it early with some good intercept marking, got further up the field, took a running bounce for the first time in about three years as well. All in all, we looked a little bit more like the Eagles of old, and. I know you've got to factor the opposition into it, but we just lost to 18th place. So I'm happy for any sort of improvement, no matter how they come. Going to go through some three-word reviews here from Facebook this week. Uh, we've got Tackling Machine West and Nice One West. That came from Craig and Corey, respectively. We'll definitely get onto the debutant because uh, a nice sign there. Mature age, 22 for, for a rookie, but uh, certainly a nice sign from him. Uh, Leslie wants to see them now go forward. Finally felt connected, said Keeley. Uh, pressure much better, said Greg. And Paul says, boys are back. I don't know about all the way back, but look, Keys, any improvements a start. The number one story personnel-wise coming out of the game, it wasn't Nick Nat in game 200. It probably, unfortunately, wasn't Connor West in game number one. For me, it was Jamie Cripps. Where the hell has this come from? He's had 25 touches. He's kicked five goals. Uh, one disposal shy of his career best. He smashed his career best with the five goals there as well. Goals in the second, the third, and the fourth quarter. He did it in a bunch of different ways at a bunch of different times. How vital was it to finally, finally see Jamie Cripps stand up and offer us something offensively? Yeah, well, he's done that once or twice this year where he's had um, a pretty good game. That was just one out of the box. It just sort of, well, I think, you know, Simpson was asked in the post game press conference about it. Um, and yeah, he just sort of said, oh, yeah, he got reward for effort. And I, I suppose there's an element of truth to that, you know, that the argument that he's he's always working hard and, you know, sometimes we, supporters don't quite see that. And um, But that game, he sort of got on the end of it and kicked a few goals and things like that. But I think we needed, you know, with Kennedy out and things like that, we definitely needed a forward to stand up and, and he was one that did. I mean, I think he kicked... I think it was four of our first six from memory. Um, Could well be, yeah. And, 
you know, and then sort of, you know, later on, Ryan got into the game as well after a quiet sort of first half. But, you know, probably, you know, Cripps sort of, yeah, just had that little purple patch there and, and you know, was clearly best on ground. Mm. Mm. I mean, you talked about Ryan, three disposals to halftime and one behind, I think he had. And he's finished with 3-3, three, three, 16 touches. So, you know, what's that? 13 and three goals in a half is not a bad half of football as well. Maybe confidence starting to grow because we've talked about, you know, on paper, the team looks like this and that. The reality has not been matched up to what we've seen on paper. Could it be a confidence issue? Is this going to start to snowball? You know, is, is this maybe the one that gets things somewhat back on track for West Coast? Possibly. Um yeah, you know, I think some of the, um, you know, some of the guys, it's it's just that thing that we've struggled with all year, and that's consistency. So, you know, as good as it is to have that win, in the grand scheme of things, it it ends up counting for not much if um, mm. if we drop this weekend's game against St Kilda. So, um, yep, yeah, hopefully the guys will get some confidence out of it and 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 see the rewards, and I think. You know, like, the club aren't going to tell you what they changed in the game plan, but certainly there were some differences. We looked a bit different, mm. you know. I mean, sometimes that depends on what the other side gives you. Um, so you take advantage of it. But I think, you know, if your confidence up and things like that, you can sort of do what you you want to do without the other side letting you. So you, um, you dictate terms. And I think for the most part on... Sunday, I think we did dictate the terms of the game for for most of it. I think there was a couple of periods where you know Adelaide sort of looked a bit better. I think we we have after those sort of three quick goals we kicked in the second quarter. I think Adelaide controlled the game for you know that middle part of the second quarter, um, but not much after half time. I think we pretty much held sway for most of it after that. Um, so. Yeah, but the guys like, you know, Kelly and Yo, know, those guys, those leaders have got to back it up because they're the ones mm. that we're going to need to rely on, particularly now with, you know, Shuri with a um, with another soft tissue injury, which is, uh, which is a concern of itself. Yeah, long term, there's plenty to unpack with the Shuri situation. I can't help but feel we'll talk about that one later. Uh, while we're on the midfield, we might as well talk about Connor West. I'll bring up his stats here. We had uh, what did he have? Nineteen touches. Four tackles, which is great. It's the form that he showed in the waffle. And, and, you know, we've been hyping up that he's a bit of a tackling machine. A couple of frees against, a couple of clangers, things like that. Maybe getting used to the speed of the game. The disposal keys, we pointed it out on the commentary. It's not elite by any stretch. And it might be the sort of thing that's keeping him, that thus far has kept him out of the AFL. Because intent was not an issue. The ability to get to the next contest was not an issue. You know, body size for a young gerb like 22 not an issue. He was crashing and bashing with the best of them. All in all, I mean, I'm not ready to say I'll stake my reputation on this guy being a 200-game playing club legend, but looked a little bit like a light version of Matthew Prittis and kind of threw his body around. All in all, a pretty positive debut for Connor West. Yeah, I think um, yeah, a really encouraging to Blue. Um, the sort of player we've, we've missed in the midfield, mm. I think, just a you know, he's a pretty blunt instrument. You know, he just goes, crashes <laughs> in and smacks it around and, and, and sort of helps 
does either one of two things. He either rests, he stops the other side getting out, or he gets the ball going our way. Now, there's nothing too pretty or scientific about it, but you know that's yeah, it really is something that we do need because, uh, and and I think as much as his some of his disposal wasn't great, and we touched on that mm. during the call, but um. I think when he did get it forward, they weren't high loopy kicks. They were tended to be fairly flat. Um, and I think that's one of the things I think supporters get annoyed with Sheed with those kicks around the corners of his. They tend to be big up and under things, which gives the defence plenty of time to get underneath it and set up. At least with West, they were sort of flatter type kicks. And mm. um, and I think in most instances, you could see he was actually trying to hit a target. It just you know, skills quite quite there, and that's something that probably will come with um, with time. That you know, I guess used to the pace of it, and uh, yeah, a little bit more confidence that maybe he'll you know he'll sort of tidy that up a little bit. Um, but it's always good, you know. I think from what the players have said during the week, he's he's sort of you know he's only been at the club for what. Six six weeks, seven weeks, oh, something that. like that. It's pretty, if that, yeah, um, yeah, pretty short space of time. I mean, he seems to have uh, sort of won a fair bit of respect around the club, and it seems to be pretty well liked. Um, so, yeah, all in all, pretty good signs, and I think he's going to be fairly hard to fairly hard to dislodge from the side. Yeah, and it'd be nice to see him get in a good run one way or the other, which is something I think that. The- the Eagles have been all right at giving guys certainly two or three games, maybe not five or six uninterrupted, but, you know, give them a good couple of games to cement themselves and show something. Uh, look, lastly, before we move off the Crows game, I'll read through the coaches' votes. Ten for Cripps, seven for Hearn, six for Nick Nat, three for Gaff, two for Ryan, one for Yo, and the lone Adelaide vote was for uh, your mate, Ben Keys. But let's talk about six votes, Nick Nat Nui. Game 200, we've waxed lyrical about him all of last week. We did it throughout the broadcast. They got a win for him. I mean, the six coaches' votes maybe don't do it justice because you're looking at, again, as I'm trying to bring up the stats here on the fly, 11 disposals, yeah, all right. But that doesn't show off the centre clearance dominance. Uh, 31 hitouts. How many times did we just romp out of the middle? All we were talking about on the call was that when Williams came into the ruck, we didn't have that same edge. The Eagles just went goal, 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 clearance, 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 clearance. Nick Nat Nui, here's to 200 more. How good was that? Yeah, really good game. I think he he had a a direct hand in at least two goals I can think of. Mm. One we nap, tapped it down to Yo, and the other one he sort of tapped it back over his head for Cripps um, for direct goals. That was directly a result of his uh, of his ruck work. Um, yep. And yeah, he, I think he sold some candy to uh, Riley O'Brien and took a bounce on the wing, which was always. It's always good to see a ruck selling doing that. Um, Absolutely, but just a you know a real you know what what's now becoming you know a pretty typical Natnui game, which is yeah. you know I think that's that's the thing throughout this season that he's he's certainly been consistent. He's had very few poor games, and um, you know what you're going to get from him each week, and that's a that's a really honest effort to that in his two hundredth. It's great to see. Good to see the boys getting around him for a win after the win. 
they finally managed to chair him off at the end, which looked like it was good, might go either way at one point, but Duggan and, and Jack Darling stepping up to the plate. Uh, any final thoughts on the Crows game, Keys, before we move away from it? No, four, four points. Um, yeah, some some encouraging signs and hopefully something that the, uh, the guys can build on over the last five games of the season. Let's move on now and talk a little bit about the news, about the fixturing, about the AFL COVID situation, not to labour on the border policies from state to state and all of this sort of stuff, Keys, but suffice to say this week certainly to me felt like the biggest chance that the season was going to take a pause. It felt the most like last season in terms of things being up in the air all the way through. You had a, I think on Monday it might have been or Tuesday, I forget when, but there was talk that Port and Adelaide were going to go to the airport to fly to Vic to play a behind-closed-doors game, but then they got to the airport, turned away. Were they going to bring the showdown forward? Were they going to have to do that? In the end, they're going to Victoria anyway. But all in all, it just highlights, look, the season actually might be hanging a little bit by a thread at the moment, a little bit more like last season. So talk of a WA hub, talk of moving the fixtures around and all this sort of stuff. Where do you think that leaves the Eagles as they're trying to make sure they lock up that finals berth? You know, there's a chance they play a lot of games in WA if things break a particular way but equally you know they're a bit and they might have to go over and stay in South Australia for a bit Victoria for a bit we don't know what's going to happen with it all how has this last week sort of made you feel in relation to where the Eagles are at yeah after the the Swans Giants game you know oh, course, each, yeah. each, each, each of those clubs had to get you know two or three players you know sit out the game almost at the last minute I think Certainly, I don't know about the Giants, but I think certainly one of the Swans players that played on the Sunday to play in the um, the VFL the day before, and then had to suit up to go again. Um, and I think on, on Monday I was sort of thinking, well, geez, you know, you you've got to be really close to the AFL, just saying, well, look, let's just hit, let's just hit pause for a week, wait mm. for some of this stuff to settle down, and and let the state sort of get a little bit of a handle on things and uh, use up that pre-finals buy and and just reset. And I... Oh, we're back losing keys. No, keys, we got you again. No, no, no. I had a phone call come through. Oh, that's um, rude. Don't they know we're doing the pod? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think there was, you know, some scope to actually to set it aside. Um, but I think in the end, I think they're doing the right thing, pushing on because you, you've sort of got to, you, you've got to assume that things might get worse. And I think mm. if you if you pause it, you're sort of doing it on the basis that in a week in a week's time things will actually look better. Um, and I don't think you can. I don't think you can bank on that. So yeah, yeah. you've got to get the games in whilst you can, I think. Uh, but, geez, it must, have, it must have been something they discussed, the, the possibility of, of putting a rest. And I think there's a couple of clubs that, I mean, if Sydney and, and the Giants in particular turned around and said, look, this has got knobs on it, we need to um, to reset. You could you can certainly understand it for them. 
Yeah, I think over here ourselves and Fremantle are probably the best placed out of all the clubs. Yeah, we're in WA. We're we're fortunate for now that we don't, we aren't operating under any restrictions or anything like that. I mean, Adelaide and Adelaide and Port Adelaide can't even train at the moment mm. because of their lockdown. Um, although I think they're in Melbourne, they can train in Melbourne, but they couldn't train in Adelaide. So, you know, and and when we play against St Kilda at this stage, you know, we're still still looking like having a uh, uh, 100% capacity stadium. So, yeah, but you know, we're in a good spot. Know. Um, I, I think the you know, there's you would make a fairly good case that, uh, you know, at some stage, certainly in the finals, you could look at if, if the situation continues as it is over east. Um, you know, we're looking pretty good to have a finals type up, but that also that also becomes dependent on having a um, cooperative state government, which they haven't always been without getting political about it. They've got their no, own reasons, um, but they haven't. And I think as you know, I think yesterday McGowan was asked directly about the AFL, and he said it was a, you know, and probably quite rightly, sort of fairly well down his list of priorities as to mm. something to worry about. So, mm. uh, yeah, I feel for the guys in the AFL that are having to try and work out the logistics of who plays who and where and times and everything like that. Um, that's a massive, that's a massive task and, and something that, you know, changes on a, not just a daily basis, on a on an hourly basis even, as we saw with what you talked about with, Adelaide and Port that were flying out, then not flying out and flying out in, in the finish. Two hours later, all of that. Um, yeah, look, I think we're going to, there's a little bit more to say about fixturing, scheduling, all of that. But, Keys, I think I might leave uh, leave that one clear the runway for you on Heroes and Villains for that because I think you've got a few thoughts there. One last thing, though, and you touched on it finals hub, the concept of, you know, some sort of hub in WA, maybe even a grand final. There's talk of that. You're, of course, getting all the bullshit talk of do WA deserve it? They've made things hard for us and all that crap. But anyway, Ryan Daniels today, who I treat as gospel. You, people, you know, if you listen to this show for a few years, you'll know that Ryan Daniels, to me, if he says jump, I'll say how high. Despite whispers, don't expect a WA AFL hub anytime soon, is what he tweeted today. Key parties have not been engaged on a potential influx of teams. Border issues make it too difficult. Clubs will instead need to navigate travel in and out of Perth on a week-by-week basis as they have been, but then a little carrot keys, little one dangled just at the end there. To clarify, any possibility of finals or the grand final being played in WA is a different conversation, slightly in the distance. Let's hypothetically say WA gets the finals. I'm talking all the finals. Certainly the Eagles get to play home finals in Perth. It makes logistical sense, all of this. Now, where we're at right now, we're not expecting anything from the Eagles by way of a deep finals run. They've shot themselves in the foot. We've talked about it a few weeks now, you know, week on week on week. What would that do for your assessment of the Eagles' ceiling this year if we knew that they were playing finals and a grand final in WA? Um, I don't think it'd change it too much. I don't, Our home form of late hasn't been great. Mm, um, true. We lost 18th here. We got, beat, we got thrashed by the Bulldogs here. We lost to Essendon here. And the only in, in amongst all that, we beat Richmond by four points, um, who then went on a 
four-game losing streak that yeah, they only just yeah. snapped. So our, I think um, the fact that we are most likely going to... Um, <laughs> Got Brett here in the comments. Is Keys hungover? Have Eagles turned a corner? Can we survive another hub? They're the big three. The big three questions plaguing mankind at the moment. Yeah, uh, hungover. No, I'm actually sober. I'm not drinking because I've got to drive after this. So that might be something a bit different. What was the second one? <laughs> Have um, the Eagles turned a corner? Wait a uh, no, they can see it, but they haven't turned it. Um, and can they survive, can they survive another survive hub? Oh, Oy, who know. knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, home I think, I think a hub during the season is going, would always be difficult because yeah. we've only really got the one ground that we can play mm. footy on. Mm. Um, so you're not going to get you're not going to get nine games a weekend at Optus. Um, not if we, so unless we're in the crowdless era where you could play yeah, anywhere. Essentially, but we're not. That's the benefit that's of WA and you're not going to find enough suitable facilities uh, around Perth for uh, mm. 16 AFL clubs to uh, to set up set up camp. I mean, the Gold Coast was able because yeah, they Gold Coast, they got they got the they got Gold the Coast. capacity to do it. Between Brisbane and Gold Coast, you had two grounds there, and there was things. But when it comes to finals, I think you can manage. Um, there would be seven other teams, um, or potentially six if uh, Fremantle managed to sneak in with us. Um, which, you know, who knows? I doubt it, but you know. Um, well, I think one of the things that makes it a bit easier for the AFL to sell if they need to is. We're not really looking at a premiership threat. Mm. Uh, I mm-hmm. I really do believe that if we were sitting, say third or fourth, or or contending yep. for a top four spot, I don't know that the um, the Victorian clubs would be quite so warm to uh, the idea of a hub in in WA. Um, it's something that. Uh, I can't remember who made the comment. Uh, I think it was last week. They're talking about that the, the AFL probably need to make a decision about three weeks' time as to where the final's going to be held because okay. there's a lot of planning and things like that involved in getting it done. So we're not far away from that. And, you know, and then the other thing that sort of come out this week is just how much the AFL are hemorrhaging money. So they need finals with crowds. Um, and that's the one thing that WA can, for the time being, can guarantee. Um, mm. So, you know, I, I think the the likelihood of a, of a finals have in WA is, you know, is probably... Maybe not 50 50, but 40 60, something like that. I mean, ideally, and I'm saying this as a football fan and a and an Australian citizen, ideally, as a human Victoria, being, as Victoria get a hold of their lockdown and they beat it and they can go back and you can get finals in Melbourne with a crowd. 
I think that's, you know, I, I think that's what anyone wants to, to see. Mm. Um, you know, Victoria, you know, the people of Victoria, they've suffered a hell of a lot already. You don't mm. want them to be in lockdown for much longer. Um, so hopefully they can get out of it and the idea of a hub in WA becomes unnecessary. But it's something that as a contingency that the AFL have to plan for. As a quick uh, counter-offer to that, and no ill wishes whatsoever to Victoria or the Victorian community, but I would pay $2 billion for the Eagles to win a grand final in Perth from 6th or 7th or something. That would just be the epitome of icing on the cake of a strange year and a bit of a strange era, I suppose, over the last couple of years. But yeah. there is not enough money in the world. I would go into more debt than I could ever dig myself out of just to see that happen. But anyway, we'll wait and, and I see. couldn't, And I wouldn't give two fucks about the asterisk that comes with it. I would tattoo it here. I would put an <laughs> asterisk right on my forehead with a big 21 next to it and I would walk around every damn day. All right, let's talk about heroes and villains, Keys. Uh, we usually start with villainy, and this week I think will be no exception. So I'll uh, I'll quickly offer a villain because I know you've got a couple. The popular one amongst Eagles fans this week has been Matthew Pavlich. He, of course, uh, sunk the boots in about the Eagles gaming the system, cheating the Eagles, uh, cheating the uh, the AFL's injury sub rules, all of this because sure he wasn't hurt. We know he's not going to miss time. They're just managing him, blah blah blah. Well, look, you never want your player to be out injured, but if he's out injured and as a result, it makes Matthew Pavlich look like a dickhead, that's a small silver lining. We talked about this when the rule was introduced, Keys. They set themselves up for it, even if Shuey was good to go. This was the way the AFL wrote the rules. They didn't mandate any timeout. It's round 19. It's a little bit late to be getting on your soapbox about it, I would have thought. Yeah, I think he was the... Uh, I've got a few other runners-up, but Pav's the uh, <laughs> clubhouse leader. Absolutely. Com- complete fucking plank. I mean, well, are we in round 18 or something like that? It was Finished 18 that, just now. It's something that everyone everyone raised it the day it was announced. Yeah. That's taken four months to catch on. You know, it's like, Jesus, mate, you could have, it's something that's been uh, stretched by clubs since round one. Yeah. Uh, so it's not up to date. And I mean, and he sort of, you know, he sort of uses the Eagles as the example. Turns around, I mean, as much as Simo, he said, oh, you know, Simpson said in the press conference that it was just precautionary. I tell you, you could see a guy break his ankle in a game, mm. and Simpson would say at the end of the game, we took him off as a precaution. Yeah. He gives nothing away in press conferences. Sure, he's had. Someone gathered up. He's had six or seven soft tissue injuries in the last twelve months. Yeah, he's had. Well, so, he's had three this season. And how yeah. many games has he so played? All like, up well, six, mate. There's every bloody likelihood that he's going to be out for. Yeah. As soon as you saw ice on his calf after the game, you're like, well, he's touching go. Mm. Oh yeah. For next week, there was never any, and and the thing is, it wasn't like we took him off in the first quarter. We took him off with ten minutes to go. And it's the exact thing that people were saying back against Port Adelaide that we should have done with Shuey at three-quarter time of the Port Adelaide game. 
Should yeah. have like kept him out there. Should have taken him off, and then he did his hammy. So, Pav, you're just a fucking. And he sort of tried to cat weasel out of it during the week, and sort of yeah, didn't he's... really apologise. So, oh, you know, Simpson said it was precautionary. I didn't. Oh, you know, we, we was... were sort of we were talking about the rule in general, not about the shoey one. Well, actually, you were talking about the shoey one, my boy. So, yeah. Anyway, so definite clubhouse leader, like... but fill up the field. What do we got? Okay, so Nick Nat's 200th, not that's the villain, but um, and I watched, wasn't watching it live because we were doing the um, fuck off, Oka. <laughs> no, that was a Pav tweet. He that was his attempt at an apology. He tweeted out, Calm your farm. <laughs> um, didn't watch it on the live broadcast because we we're doing our own thing, but it popped up on uh on Twitter during the week when Nat Nui was and Brady Smith were getting shared off the ground and the commentary that I was sort of laughing about, well, who's going to carry Nat Nui off? He's usually the one that's doing it. And so like, no one was wanting to do it. And, and then yeah. they turned around and said, oh, Darwin's probably the only one strong enough. Um, Liam Duggan stepped up the pat to the plate to sort of do it, which Duggan's a, not that big a guy. No, Pretty I was surprised. Pretty impressive going. Uh, so, but instead of instead of saying, "Geez, that's pretty good by Doug in the share that Nui off the ground," Dermot says, "Oh, he might drop him. He's not catching things too well today. You fucking cock bucket, Dermot. Jesus. <laughs> you what? What you call him? Cock bucket. Um." You know, 19 disposals, 8 marks from Duggan, by the way. So it wasn't like yeah, 8 marks. So, I mean, like he yeah, he dropped down. the mark that cost us a goal. But... Oh, yeah, that know. backwards switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, yeah, give fun. the guy some credit. He's just picked up a 120-kilo bloke and put him on his shoulders to share him off for his 200th. Um, so the next... We talked about the AFL scheduling. Yeah, and how difficult it is, and everything like that. You know what's making the scheduling that little bit harder? You've got we've played now by my count two clubs twice. We played Adelaide and the Bulldogs twice already. Yep. We haven't played Brisbane or Melbourne at all. Correct. Every other club is in a similar situation where they played some clubs twice, and other clubs not at all. Now. If the AFL was smart going into the season with COVID still around and the and the possibility or at least that at some stage during the season um, things might turn to shit like they have, mm-hmm. uh, a smart organisation would have said, right, let's get everyone playing each other once first, get through the first 17, and then we've got some options come the end of the season if we have to shorten the season or we have to tinker with who plays who or whatever. Everyone's played each other once. So everyone's on a level playing field. They fucked that because they've gone back to their useless bloody thing where they brought it in after GWS and Gold Coast came in the competition where you didn't play everyone once first. Mm. And my own opinion is they did that because they wanted to mask the impact of who played who twice. Because if you had a, mm. rat, a, 
ladder after round 17. Yeah. And then you've sort of got, you know, sort of clubs mid-table playing five bottom sides or things like that. It would be like, oh, look at these guys. They, it would make the uh, a hard or soft draw a lot easier to um, predict. So they've shot mm. themselves in the foot. Pinpoint it a bit easier. Part of their yeah. problem now is trying to squeeze these game in to keep a fair season. They could have yeah. avoided it. They didn't. Um, and then we've got a game that came up because of some, I can't remember, one of the fuck knuckles on Fox footy came in and said we should have a play in finals because some it was Jared Whiteley. Uh, Ger- yeah, Jared Whiteley, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Proof. So lost me. You know what? It doesn't matter because there's a real divide between sixth and seventh. The top six teams are completely different to the sides below. Mm. I don't give a fuck who finishes ninth and tenth. They're not going. And by the anywhere. way, so sorry. The by the way, we're in that wrong side of that bracket. Yeah, we're not sitting yeah, here on the high horse we're... saying get get the plebs out of here. We're in the wrong mm. side of that tier. Yeah, we're you know the the, the sides from seventh through twelfth mm. are fighting for the bottom two spots. You know, whoever finishes in there, whoever their the the high the finals hub might change things around a little bit maybe in the first week. But the way it finishes seventh or eighth or ninth or tenth, they're not. They might get past the first week. They're not getting past the second week of finals because no. the sides above them. And you can make an argument that there's that there's a clear top three. I think uh, Bulldogs, Melbourne, and Geelong are clearly better sides at the moment than Brisbane. I go back Sydney, and forth on Brisbane, but of late, of late Brisbane but, have been shit. Yes. So fuck off to the playing finals. <laughs> <laughs> the last one I'm going away from footy. Um, I'm no screaming lefty bleeding heart, but Jeff, Jeff Bezos can get in the fucking bin. He could he could have stayed in space where I gave a shit about. Um, <laughs> he's come back, he's landed, and he said thanks to all my employees and oh. customers because you paid for it. You've got a guy who's worth that much money. It's not even fucking funny. Spending, he's just burnt through how many hundreds of millions of dollars for a 10 minute flight to space. Yeah. Um, Who gives a flying fuck? As I heard someone say during the week, congratulations, mate. You just did the same thing that an animal that licks his own ass did 60 years ago. Can add a Neil Armstrong if you're no, uh, if you're watching no, by the way. No, no, because they flew chimpanzees up there sixty <laughs> no, years ago. I don't know what you meant? <laughs> no, he can get fucked. There's so many things that could be done with that money. Mm. We, you've got we're in the middle of a pandemic. Oh. There's poverty. There's climate change. There's so many things that you could spend it, but no, you've got to big note yourself and fire space. And Richard Branson and Elon Musk can get in the same fucking bin because they're doing the same thing. And no Good. one gives a shit about space travel because you're going to get 0.00001% of the population going to ever be able to afford to do it. Um, fuck them. So, Good. 
I like that. But, but yeah, that's my little rant over. Um, Pav and, wins it. And yet somehow Matthew Pavlich is worse than all of that. <laughs> Jeff Bezos could end world hunger today and still have plenty of change left over to go to space. And yet it's yeah. Matthew Pavlich feeling of the week. Uh, heroism. Connor West, good debut. Nick Nat, 200 games. Keep going. Love him. What else? What else do we have? There's been some heroic stuff on the field. Obviously, Cripps, you know, Ryan's second half, all of that good stuff. Uh, off the field, actually, there was a really nice story about Jamie Graham this week. Uh, and I've only thought of this on the fly, so I want to make sure I get the player right. You can probably prompt me on this one, actually, Keith. Did you see the story about a Brisbane player whose brother yeah. committed suicide? Yeah. What's the name of the player? I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, he was on my list. Archie Smith. Okay, there you go. Yep. Yeah. He, yeah a great article. Read that had, article. Had, if you, when his name came up, I don't mm. know him from a bar of soap. I can't remember him ever playing a game. I'm sure he has. Um, but a really, really good video um, mm. about his struggles, what he's been through, what he's going through. Um, really sad situation with his brother. Uh, the family situation's um, a little bit unique. In the way, uh, I think the brother that committed suicide was was his step, a half brother or stepbrother, and they've got parents that have adopted they adopted a kid as well along the journey. Um, really sad story, and I think um, you know you need to pause for a moment when you see the players out, and you sort of think either oh, you know, I feel player, you 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 know you making the big bucks and life's great yeah. and everything like that. Um, you know, you forget these guys are actually humans and, um, you know, they go through the same sorts of problems and things like that that the rest of us do. Um, and in some instances, through issues that none of us have to face. Um, really good. It was really raw. Um, yeah, so he was, he was my main nomination for Hero of the Week. Uh, I had another little one, and we potted a Fremantle player to start as villain or next Fremantle player. I'm going to um, put up the guy that hopefully will become the game's record holder at um, um, game's record holder at Fremantle. Going to mm. overtake him, David Mundy, 350 yeah. games. Yeah. Um, you know. It takes a lot for a uh, for an Eagles player to say. I actually like a an Eagles supporter to say they like a Fremantle player, but David Mundy's just yeah does nothing wrong. Just goes about his business. A humble bloke. Um, Was nominated captain just, by his peers because they respect yeah, him. Yeah, he he he's every bit as good a player as what Fife doesn't have the. Um, doesn't have the accolades to go with it, but he's just as important to that club as what Fife's been. Just a real champion bloke. And just a clip on the way through, I saw a tweet just as I was doing a little bit of research and, and a Fremantle supporter pointed out um, uh, to the likes of Fox Footy and, and those guys, um, where are the articles about David Bundy's 350th? Mm. Um you know, you had you had all that stuff last week with uh, Rewalt. the collective filating of Jack Rewalt's 300, mm-hmm, which was mm-hmm. just nauseating and absolutely non-stop. 
here you've got a guy playing 350 games. Yeah. Um, and there's donuts in, in, in the arguably career best form, by the way, to the point where he yeah. signed an extension this year, not out of sympathy or to get a nice story, get him over any particular milestone. He's earned a contract. He's probably in the All Australian side. He's certainly in the All Australian squad at the 350 game mark at 35, 36, yeah. however old he is. Yeah. So, well done to him. Yep. But very good. But they. But Archie gets this week for me. Yeah, Archie Smith. And if you haven't seen the video or read the article, AFL website has those. And, and yeah, no, just a, a pretty important bit of media this week in amongst all the usual AFL.com crap. I would actually, yeah, definitely recommend going and tracking that one down. All right, moving along, main event time for the week. The West Coast Eagles play it on Saturday. I think it's 2.10 now. They've brought the game forward. It was Saturday night. It's now Saturday Arvo Keys. But uh, the West Coast Eagles, they play St Kilda, get to avenge somewhat of a capitulation. Not the first one, unfortunately not the last one of the season, but a, a big loss, a big hit to the Eagles' 2021 prospects was giving away that big lead against the Saints. A few big ins and outs. I'll quickly uh, bring them up on the screen now. Kennedy, O'Neill, and Waterman are in, plus Mark Hutchings, who we will talk about. And, of course, out injuries forcing a lot of these. Luke Edwards, Nelson as the medical sub is out. Uh, Petch out injured as well after a good game from him. Shuey we've discussed. And Bailey Williams, the one player who's been omitted. Uh, so, Keys, where do you want to start with that? The ins and the outs. So in fact, let's talk, talk about uh, Mark Hutchings. Is it a case of the last man standing? Where, do, where does it leave us that we're picking a bloke like that in the phase we're currently in? Yeah. Um, look, it's probably a... Yeah, I, Hutchings is his, in his last year at the club, I think. Mm-hmm. I think probably most people can see that. Um, and I think there's an argument that you should be playing some young guys Ahead of him, uh, but he's been he's been smashing the door down the waffle, and I think that there comes a point where you've got to reward good WIFL form, and and I think with you know should be coming out, I think you can afford to bring Hutch in, um, and and against the side like St Kilda who do have. Uh, yeah, they do have some sort of stronger bodies around the footy. Absolutely, I yeah. I think I'd like to see one of the guys, you know, St Kilda have been in a bit better form the last uh, month or so, and one of the drivers of that has been uh, Luke Dunstan, uh, who's been sort of getting the ball at the coalface and getting it out. And I think Hutch is the sort of guy that can go to him and, and quell his influence. Um, Dunstan's not quick by any stretch. So Hutch can just sort of sit on him and try and bash him around and stop him feeding the ball out to um, to some of their runners. Um, or alternatively, you know, go to someone like Steele who's been, you know, he's in Brownlow contention, his form. Mm. Um, so, you know, we can find a role for him, you know, and, he's, and his form's been good enough to uh, do in a spot. We're not, I don't think you're sort of, Got a situation where you know he's lucky to get a game. He's um, he's earned his spot, so good on him. He's a decent fella. Um, yeah, it's good to see him maybe get a game or two with 
you know, before he uh, waves goodbye at the end of the year. Yeah, and given where we're at and what I'm referring to is I still want us to make finals, but given that we don't really think we're going to go too far in the finals, it's a good time to get a look at your Luke Edwards, uh, Connor West, all these sorts of guys. Do I want him playing over Edwards? No, but Edwards is unavailable. Do I want him playing over Xavier O'Neill? No, but Xavier O'Neill's playing. Uh, Brander is the other one that's probably worth a discussion, but then you're entering that, well, you can't deny that level of waffle form. What message does it send? All of this sort of stuff. Give him a crack. Why not? We're without Shuey, we're without Redden, so we need a, some more experience in there. I don't mind that. All in all, you know, it's not a guy that I'm super enthused about. It's not a guy that I want to see play on next year as such. Not to be critical, he's been fantastic for the club, but, you know, we're in a different sort of phase to where his career is at. Why not? Why not? Let's just tick off some wins at this point. And if Hutchings yep. helps us do it that uh, this week, I'm all for it. You know, good luck to him. You look at St Kilda and you talked about them turning a corner somewhat. Big loss will be no Rowan Marshall, which we know with the isolation situation for him, the COVID situation, should lead to Nick Nat having a, a pretty good outing in the ruck. But they've been doing fantastic work in the midfield. Their defence has been holding teams to really low scores. You're talking, you know, they lost last week with 74 against. But prior to that, 63, 61, 22 and 66. They're, they've found something over the last couple of weeks. So this is by no means uh, some sort of cakewalk matchup. And, of course, in the back of the minds, well, hey, these guys beat us earlier in the year. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, five or six weeks ago, you're probably eyeing this game off as a, as a bit of a ticker-box win, but mm. certainly yeah. not that now. Um, you know, they, they found some form, and they even, I mean, they lost on the weekend, but they didn't lose by, they didn't lose by yeah. a lot. Um, and they had a, they were right in the game for for most of it. So, yeah, good good defense. I don't know that they're kicking. They're not kicking big scores, but they've got you know Kings Kings pretty dangerous. Um, you know he's a good target for him. He's got long arms. So we're gonna you know we and we we're losing our we've lost our best defender Brass um, to play on him. So we're gonna have either McGovern or or Edwards trying to um, go with him. I mean, Edwards has got the height, at least. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, Hutchie's... Yeah. Andrew here just says, it's, it's baffled yeah. me where a bloke like Hutchie's been made the scapegoat yeah. over some I think, of the other non-performers. I mean, just circling back to that a little bit, I mean, the guys, mm. the guys he's keeping out of side is Brander, but if we brought him in, everyone was saying we're too tall. Um, Ainsworth, who, Whatever. you know, Ainsworth's just not playing well enough to get in the side, so too bad. And the only other one I can see on the list is keeping in the side is Nelson, and half the supporters don't want Nelson to play for us ever again anyway. So, you know, it's not as if... I think, and Archie's in a similar mould, he's become the poster boy for the guy that gets a one-year deal and then a one-year deal, you know, it's sort of just tacking on to what... I think because his ceiling was never prolific as a ball winner on anything, I think he was a fantastic tagger, played a great role, but I think he is sort of being lumped in or sort of spearheading a group that people deem clinging on to the past. And the second you lose a few games, people want to gut the club, move on to the future. So he has no part of that future. Let's let's move him along. I think that's where the sort of the scapegoating or targeting of him comes from. 
as I said, it's not a, a selection that inspires me. You know, I'm not buying a ticket to go see Mark Hutchings play footy, but he's been fantastic for the club. Nice to see him out there. He's definitely earned it. Why not? Why not? Yeah. The other the other selections, you know, was well non-selection. Williams sort of dropped. I mean, he didn't have he mm. didn't actually have a great game. Um and I think with with Marshall being a omission, uh that leaves St Kilda with Ryan Ryder as their only genuine ruck. Um and I don't know, I haven't watched enough of St Kilda to know, but I don't think Ryder's rucking 95% of the game. Um, probably hasn't needed to with Marshall in the side as well, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Ryder's not dissimilar to Nat Nui in many ways. He's a bit of a burst player. Um, Ryder and Nat Nui would be a great contest. Yeah. Um, but I think we can afford uh, not to have Williams. Uh, and he's making way for, um, you know, greatest full forward the club's ever had. So, uh, yeah, so that that was one. And, you know, Waterman's got his spot back in the side after a, um, you know, what was it? I think 29 disposals and four goals. Yep, team of the week, centre-half forward. Yeah. So, um so, yeah, and with, with Petricelli with a hamstring injury, which mm. uh, I counted up now, that's six guys on our injury list with soft tissue injuries, um, which is, aside from the game this week, is, you know, got to be a concern. And because it, it's not something like that's not just popped up on us all of a sudden in the last week. I mean, that's sort of been an ongoing issue for the. Um, throughout the season. So um, when the dust settles on this season in uh, two or three months' time, whenever it might come, and we have a look at have a look at things, I, I think our um, strength and conditioning might get a, uh, you know, a little bit of a work over and say, well, look, you know, things haven't been ideal this year. We've had, mm. you know, we've got, you know, like I said, Collins, True, Edwards, Pets, Shuey and Barass, all with soft tissues um, at the moment. So that's an issue that needs to be uh, needs to be resolved. So, um, yep. And O'Neill comes in for his chance again, and uh, and please take it, Maxon. Please, please, please take it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not hitting on the flank. Put him in the cold face. Let's see what he's got. Put him on the wing. Yeah. You know. The action is pretty. I was pretty bullish on O'Neill at the start of the year, but you know, to check the opportunities he's had, he hasn't he hasn't really taken them. Um, so you know, hopefully, he, um, he takes this one. I think he's, I don't think he's ever going to be an A grade midfielder, but I think he's got the potential to be a, a solid mid. Um, mm. And we're going to need some of these guys in the next two or three years because, you know, you're going to have to say, sure, he's coming to the end. The end, his career is coming to a what might be a fairly abrupt halt um, unless yeah. he can get over the top of his his, his issues. Um, so yeah, really important game for O'Neill. Uh, 
having a quick look at the forecast as we have now been essentially uh, forced to do with how the Eagles turn up in the wet. 50% chance of rain, sitting on the fence, like to see that. Uh, you're going in with a lineup now of Kennedy, Darling, uh, Allen, Waterman. You expect Waterman to work up the ground a bit. Darling does, of course. You know, we've seen Ryan uh, Keys over the last couple of weeks have some stints in the goal square. He's been hot. He's been cold. No patch, but Cripps coming off good game. Langdon's still out and about. So there's some guys there that, you know, they can offer a bit of crumbing, but it looks tall. It looks very tall is basically where I'm getting with. 50% chance of rain, tall lineup, facing a team that has midfield grunt. It's a familiar story. It's a familiar warning sign. How do you think they're going to balance just how tall that forward line is for the first time in a little while? Yeah, it's sort of... I think it's just something we've had to run with. You know, look at mm. who's out of the side, and we haven't really got... Um, we haven't got small forward to bring in. It's mm. as simple as that. Um, Winder played... I think he played his first game back in the waffle for a little while. Um, didn't do much. So I think that's just the way it had to be. Uh, yeah, maybe we... We might swing Allen down back on occasion. But Embry, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, maybe Waterman's playing up the ground a fair bit more. He, he's done that in the past. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't leave us. With Petch out, we've not got a lot of pure crumbing in the side. Um, but we're just, somehow, we're just going to have to manage it. And it's, well, I think it becomes, as much as anything, I mean, Simpson bangs on all the time. It's it's territory. We've got to win the territory. And if we can get deep entries, deep entries and, and defend behind that, well, then, you know, hopefully uh, we can sort of hold on and and get a, get a winning score. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys... You know, hopefully, I mean, Hill had some shocking form before uh, our game last time, and he mm. played out of his skin. And you know, he's sort of he's one of the guys that, a bit like Cripps, you know, plays four or five weeks of shit, then comes out and plays a blinder. So, well, having just seen what Stevenson did last time we played at home as well, I'm a little bit concerned oh, yeah. about that one, to be honest. So, yeah. so you know, you're just sort of worried about someone like that sort of jumping out of the box at you, um, but. Uh, yeah, we, we need to, you know, the amount of rain. Like, at least the guys should be used to bloody handling a wet ball. We've been trying here for the last month. Month, yeah. yeah. Unreal. Um, the back line is sort of the last thing we haven't really dove too deep on, but you touched on it. I think the Harry Edwards matchup makes sense. Go to King, you'd say. Gov to memory, Shep to memory. There's a few guys there. And then where does that leave Hearn? You, of course, touched on earlier how we've, let Shannon Hearn go up the ground a little bit more this week. So there's a couple of interesting matchups to watch out for there. But as always, I think it's going to be a supply issue. It comes back to the midfield. It comes back to how much do we ask the backs to do? Because when we give them a 50-50 shot at it, you know, like 50, I mean, split the inside 50s, basically. If the Eagles and the opposition have a roundabout even number, our backs hold up. It's when they get inundated that I start to worry. So we might as well get into tips then, Keys. I'm willing to bet someone's going to win by 24. Do you want to tell me who it's going to be? And, yeah, uh, gonna, which eagle is going to impress us? I'm going to run us by 24. Hey, um, you know, I was dyslexic last week, 
you know, Adelaide won by 42. And oh, very nice. So, so uh, yeah, I wasn't far off with the 24. So I'm going to run with us by 24. Um, and I'm going to back Nick in again to because uh, that's the easy way. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, tr- I'm trying to bring up the – what did they beat us by last time? 20. They beat us by 20. So I'll say we'll win by 20. Why not? Uh, we need to reverse the home form, which is something I never thought I'd say about this current Eagles crop. Just keep ticking off wins. You know, like we say, we're not expecting miracles in the finals, but I'm still in the make finals camp. Want to see more from West. I like Harry Edwards. I'm liking seeing him. Hopefully Exxon takes his chances. So it's more about the players this week that I want to see, but ultimately I think the result is important. Hopefully the Eagles can get a win. I will say... Why not? I will say that Jamie Cripps will have not equally as good, but another standout game. And uh, he's going to kick three goals and, and rack up 20 touches as well this week. 20 and three for Jamie Cripps this week. There we go. That'll do it from us this week, guys. Keys, just yourself uh, to keep me company this week, but I've appreciated every second of it. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, And thanks to the listeners for joining in. And uh, looking at my ugly head for an hour, so we got, got to see more of it this week, which is good. Yeah. Here, I promised, I promised the Dom Sheed poster at the start. Can you sort? Ah, oh, there's a reflection. This is bloody bullshit. I'm sure this is riveting. Anyway, you can sort of see it. There's a uh, <laughs> a bit of a Dom Sheed situation up there. You, yeah, that'll do. Whatever. Big shout out to the artist who did that one. I think his name's uh, Mark Quinn, maybe something like that. I'm not so sure. I'll find out. Is that Damien Quinn is his name? I think Mark Quinn's a wrestler. Anyway, this is not the content people came for. I'm not sure if there was any content people came for, but nonetheless, we're all done now. So thank you very much for everybody who's watched. If you're listening on the uh, on the podcast feed still as well, we appreciate that. Please keep in, uh, keep in touch with the show. Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all that good stuff. Fingers crossed the Eagles get a win this week, Keys. And uh, other than that, I think we'll talk to you the same time next week. Thank you very much. No worries. We'll see you next week. I'll be back on the beers next week, hopefully. So. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Bye for now then, guys. See Bye you next guys. time.